Lion Hearted Podcast. What up, what up? You are now tuned into the Lion Hearted Podcast where the feelings reside and only the strong survive. I'm your boy Maine, so let's get into it. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, this uh this episode was gonna be difficult. Um, as it is, given what the topic was gonna be. Um, but before I get started on that, I gotta give a special honor and shout out to the matriarch of our family, my grandmother, um, who we just recently lost last week. It was literally the same day that I was recording and dropping my last episode. And it's tough. And any of my consistent listeners that I have out there know the affinity that I have for my grandmother. And the bond that we had. I literally was just talking as I started this new season, given that it's Black History Month and everything and how I was blessed to still have a grandma in her 90s, 92 years old. If she ever complained about how her upbringing was, I never heard it. So that's what gave me the thought process of we complain as a young people what our ancestors went through, but we don't really know what it's like. But her being born and raised in the South, I know she understood. And it's so crazy to even speak of her in the past tense because she literally was just here. As many of you know that I'm based out of Bakersfield, California, our hometown. But she lived up in Fresno and she actually came down and spent about close to a month with me, my mom, my sisters, you know what I mean? And I'm going to cherish those times forever now. Not that I didn't cherish them then, because I did, but I am so grateful and glad that I got that time with my grandma. And this is a tough time for our family, but we have to remember that we have two options. We can stand tall through this as a family, which I know we will. Or there's the other side of the street that we can splinter apart. And that's not, we're not about that. I can, I've been wrestling with myself and, you know, people have been sending in condolences and I thank you and I appreciate it. There are no words you can say. And a couple people have told me that and that's true, but it's just the acknowledgement, the reaching out. Because one thing I did post on my social media is I said, in times like this is when you really find out who your people are. And when I did that, staying on the positive mind frame, my auntie, shout out to my auntie Coco, she reminded me that it also shows you the other side of the coin. It It will show you who ain't your people in times like this. And so I know my grandma, she taught us all so much. 
and she always cracked jokes, and that's what we gonna miss the most. Like, and if I get cracked up, y'all, I know you understand. If I get choked up, but that's what we that we've been talking. Me, my cousin. Shout out to all my cousins. It's so many of us. I don't want to forget nobody, so I'm gonna just put it out there like that. Because if I say a couple names and. I don't want it to be why you didn't say me. Why'd you say them and not say me? So shout out to everybody. I love y'all. See, our family is so close. We grew up. My cousins are like extra siblings. They're not even cousins. My first cousins, their kids are my nieces and nephews. Like, that's how close we are. We was raised at my mom's house, at their mom's house, at our grandma's house. We always was together. And of course, as we done got older, everybody has their own thing going on. So you don't, you might not see everybody as much. And it sucks that it took something like this for us to really lock in and be. But then I thought about it. And that's my grandma. That's who she was. You know what I mean? Like she brought us all together. And she's doing that now. And it's so many of us, we know we're going to send her off the right way. Uh, and I just want to uh, give a shout out to my mom. It is uh, it's tough when you, um, when you see your mom or hear your mom cry and... You know there there's nothing you really can say. There's nothing you really can do. You know, you can be there for him or whatever, but like mama, I love you. Um to my aunties, my uncles, all my grandma's kids. Um, it's not easy, but we're here for all y'all. So like I said, to all my cousins, the grandkids, like we struggling because we don't, even though this is the order things are supposed to go, we don't, we're blessed to have my grandma, we were blessed to have her for 92 years, but we're all wrestling with that, we don't know life without my grandmother, so that's the push and pull of everything, but it's enough of us that we're going to be okay. We know we know that grandma liked to laugh, have fun. She loved going to bingo. She I remember when she first told me that they called me the bingo queen. And her, her nickname at bingo was Marilyn Monroe. They made her a bag with rhinestones. She loved Marilyn Monroe. She had Marilyn Monroe on her walls, in her house. Uh, like I said, she had the name on her bag, her bingo bag, and I believe that's what um kept her going this long. And I, when I would tell people, like they're like, "Man, man, I ain't my homeboys and my friends, my brothers." Like, man, how grandma doing? Where grandma at? Uh, man, if I if I told you I knew, I'd be lying to you. But you know, the easy answer would be she's probably at bingo. Because most of the time she was, and that's what kept her going to the point where when I was in high school, even some of my security guards who would also go, 
oh, I seen your grandma last night. She was at the casino. She was here, you know. So that's what she loved to do. And, like, all the stories, even people that grew up with my mom, grew up with my aunties, grew up with my uncles. They reminiscing about my grandma and her candy apples. You know, she was the candy apple lady uh, back in the day. You know what I mean? I know everybody probably didn't have them at the fairgrounds and things like that. But when we walk in the house and smell that cinnamon syrup being made, we knew what time it was. And that's where I get a lot of my hustle spirit from also because that's one thing my grandma always told us, how to how to make money, how to get money, you know, and how to wake up and get to it. And so, of course, I've taken some time off and tried to, collect my thoughts because I didn't want to just jump on here and I just had to think about it for a second because it's like given her age you knew it was coming but you still it still hurts just as bad because it was so sudden I just seen her she was just fine and the thing that I hold on to the most is that she went in peace she wasn't in pain and so for that, I'm grateful. And it's crazy because literally the night before, because I'm as I'm in the process of printing up my second round of shirts, I had told my mom, I was like, get you one, get one for my little baby niece, and get one for grandma. I want grandma to have one of my T-shirts. And, you know, with a lot going on, you know, we was planning my niece's birthday at the time and everything. So I go, I just you know, jog my mom's memory. Hey, mom, did you remember to get grandma's shirt? Oh, I forgot. Y'all, I was literally on my way to get my grandma's shirt the day of when I got the call and I had to do a 360. We got to say our goodbyes. I mean, I wish she was here and we could have said it, but when I seen her, I could tell she was at peace. And that's what's going to make me able to push on, just remembering um, all the positive memories. And and another thing that makes me smile, um, she's finally at home, back with her, with my auntie, my auntie Leona, who passed away um, before I was even born, which she was my grandmother's firstborn child. and. She talked about it from time to time, but nobody understands what that's like. But I know she did, like you know. And I've spoken um, about my other grandma on here, and when she passed on, and I could be like, well, at least she reunited with my dad, my uncles, things like that. And then now... I can say the same. I know my grandma's at peace with the people that she miss and love. So, and she lived a full life, and I'm thankful for it, grateful for it. Um, I'm gonna continue the life lessons that she taught. Still looking at pictures, and I had to think whenever I was with my grandma, she was like, I would always try to sneak pictures of her just to see if I could catch her off guard, but she. That lady, she was always ready. She'd turn around with that with that smile, and she'd be ready. Like sometimes she'd be like, "Oh, my hair not right, nut." She still would take the picture, 
And over the last decade or so since I started growing my dreads, see, my grandma was slick, too. Because she know I don't really like too many people touching my hair. That's just a thing for me. Uh, but she grandma, so she can do whatever she wants. But what she would do is she would, Tremaine, is that all your hair? Grandma, you know this is all my hair. You just seen me the other day. You just seen me a couple weeks ago. It ain't grew that long. I don't know. Let me see. And she would touch my hair. Those are memories that I'm going to be able to hold on to forever. And like I said, shout out to my mom, my Auntie Tracy, my Aunt Lois, my Uncle Lynn, my Uncle Cliff, my Uncle Reggie. Um, her all, you know, her kids, all the kids she impacted, you know, with my parents. I mean, with my mom and my aunties and them growing up. And we had five generations, y'all, for a long time, for a good minute. Not many people can say that. So as a family, that's something we need to cherish, hold on to, and remember, and don't be afraid to lean on each other. You know what I mean? Don't be afraid to love on each other. Because it's in times like this where you say, I wish I would have. Instead of saying, I wish I would have, let's change it to be like, I'm glad I did. You know, everybody has their own grief process and everybody's going to deal with it in their own way. But one thing about grandma that we can hold on to, we don't have to grieve with guilt. Because she had her, her own special bond with all of us. And just hold on to the memories of that. And we got to keep pushing forward because that's what she would want us to do. So, Grandma, Miss Edna Mae Thomas, I love you forever. Okay, so for those that don't know, this is actually a year since I've started this podcasting journey. And if you do know me, then you do know that the month of February itself, like I was just talking about previously, we just lost my grandmother. But today, well, tomorrow, because I'm recording this the day before, February the 22nd will be 30 years since I lost my father. Simply the worst day of my life. Still to this day. February 21st, 1994. It's a day I never forget. Even though I was only four and a half years old. And anybody that knows me knows I have a great memory. But that's the gift and the curse. Because I remember all the good, but I remember all the pain. I remember all the hurt and everything like that. And there's a bond that me and my dad shared, my dad and I, that was amazing. I was like my dad's right-hand man. And it's a lot he taught me in so little time. And I remember my mom, she reminded me of something I don't know when it was, maybe 
couple years ago. Uh, she simply just said, like, hey, even though it was only for so little time, remember, when your daddy was here, he loved you. And so it would only be right for me to do an episode commemorating that bond that we had. Because there was me as a little boy that he knew and that he did not get a chance to see grow. And then there's the other side of me, the grown man in me that I know he proud of. So that's what this episode is going to be about. I dropped my first episode February 22nd, 2023. And here we are already a year later. 61 episodes in. Three seasons. Started a clothing brand with it. I made that decision simply to turn what was a painful memory for me and still continues to be into something grateful. And you know what I mean? Something productive. So, yeah. And I've talked, If you, like I said, if you're a first-time listener, welcome. If you're a consistent listener, what's happening? But a lot of people don't know that's where my love of basketball came from. It was well before I ever played when I got to high school, when I got to junior high, things like that. It started out at the parks, like most kids, but I I strictly remember. When my dad put me up to the hoop for the first time and he let me dunk the basketball. Like I said, I probably I probably was like maybe two at the time. And I only had my dad until I was about four and a half years old, almost five years old. So it wasn't long, but it was very impactful. And I always thank God for blessing me with a great memory. Like I said, you remember the good, but you remember the bad, but when you have moments that you can draw back on, even in so little time, it means everything. And it was just like, just even looking at the pictures that I do have, and you could tell that was my dude, man. Like that. So whenever I'm asked a question, it's without no hesitation. My dad is my hero. That's who I still look up to today. And every decision I do, every decision I make, Yes, of course, I have my mom here in the flesh, and I'm so grateful. Again, mom, I love you. But my dad's spirit raised me, too. And to even hear my uncle say at times when we're having our conversations, shout out to my uncle, man, my dad's oldest brother. He'll tell me, like, man, you sound just like my brother. Just. I don't know if I, if like the voice inflection or whatever is the same, because I was too young to kind of remember that part of it. But I think it's just my mannerisms and how I carry myself. And that's what I try to do because I, I am still a representation of him all this time. And even though I've outlived my father as far as age wise, 
those morals and principles are still there. Because 30 years later, and I laugh about this all the time, man, they still talk about Pops like he just left yesterday. And it's all positive. I ain't, and it's rare. You know, when death happens, when somebody, then you hear all the crazy whatever. I've never heard, no one has ever said anything or I've never heard nothing negative about my dad. And I can always carry that with pride. And it taught me something. When it's my time, that's how I want to go. That's how I want to be remembered. And I just remember, man, It I've never said this, but I'm going to say it now. The, I remember the day it happened, like it, if it was yesterday. And for some odd reason, you know how your, your mom always take you, for the most part, if you're blessed to have your mom, she take you, handle all your doctor's appointments and stuff. I had a doctor's appointment that day. But I cried, I cried, I cried because I wanted my dad to take me. I don't I don't know what it was. I'm not going to sit here and say I knew because I didn't know. You know, some people could say they felt it, but I I didn't. I was a kid. But it was something in me that I wanted my dad to take me. Of course, my, no, you got a doctor's appointment. You can't do it. And I remember my dad telling me, don't worry about it. I'm going to come pick you up afterwards. Because I always loved riding around with my dad, being with my dad. Because even though I was his youngest and I was a little kid at the time, when I was around my dad and I was with my dad, I felt like I was a grown-up. Like seeing everybody that like dealt with my dad and had love for him and everything like that, that was cool to see. Like, you know what I mean? It was, it was cool to see and it's something that you never forget. But on this particular day, this doctor's appointment, it took long, y'all. I just I just remember, I think we was probably, and like I said, it's 30 years ago, so if I get a little bit of the timing right, my mom can correct me, but it felt like we was in there until about 5 o'clock. And mind you, this is the end of February on a Tuesday. So it's probably be getting nightfall at that time, you know what I mean, with the whole daylight savings and stuff, you know. And I just remember when we got home, I just remember the phone ringing and my mom getting that call. And I don't remember the words or anything like that. I don't remember, like, my mom's actions, initial actions or whatever. But I just remember the phone ringing. And I can... All these years later, it that stuck with me. Like I just remember the phone ringing, and I like, of course, I didn't know what was going on. And in that moment, you know how you, when you handle kids when it comes to death, if they've never experienced it, which I had at this point, which a lot of people don't. It's not I don't talk about it enough, and I probably should, but. Just six months prior, I had lost my uncle, which is my dad's baby brother. He was only 14 months, 14 years old, excuse me. And he ended up moving in with us, you know. It was me, him, 
and my sister, we all shared a room. My older sister had her room and then my parents. And we had bunk beds. Me and him had the bottom and my sister had the top. So he was our roommate, but he was my uncle. And looking at it now, I'm like, you know, he was older. I was a kid, so you don't really realize how close in age you are until you think about it later. And I'm like, damn, we only 10 years apart. So I so I fast forward till now, me being 34, almost 35, he would have been 44, 45, like, like, man, how cool we could have been. And, you know, I got my nephews that's around my age. And so I know that feeling. Like, you know, it's just like, it's like that what if. But that coupled with losing my dad, it was just like that time. And in the 90s, it wasn't, we all was kind of dealing with that. Because that was like, that was the time frame we was living in. Like, most everybody in our family at the time, and it's not to say everybody, but for the majority, it was, we was raised by our moms. Whether it was your dad was incarcerated or wasn't there or like my father, he was murdered, like, you know, but my mom always made me, she always reminded me that you had a good dad. He loved you. He was like, you know, cause you kind of like, <laughs> you just think like, what, what could life have been at that time? Like, would it have been like that? But then I, then I also, would I be the person that I am today? Would I be as strong as I am? Would I, would I be as independent as I am? Like, how, how would it be different? Because you can ask those questions, but we really don't know. But I ended up telling that story because during that time, the one thing I do remember that I always hold on to, my big sister. Shout out to Chantel. What up, Gert? She was honest with me. You know, like with kids, you, oh, your dad's in heaven with God. And if you're a good person, you'll see him again. You know, the the soft spill kind of, you give it to them because they really don't understand. My sister looked me dead in my face and it's like, your daddy not coming home. Somebody hated on him. This is what happened. And this is what it is. My sister was only 14 at the time. But it's the best thing she could have did for me because she was honest. And not saying that the whole, if, you know, your dad's in heaven, if you're good, you'll see him again. Not saying that's not true because I believe that is too. But in that moment, my sister was raw. She was real. And she was honest with me about it. And it's something that I've always been grateful for because you you learn how to start dealing with it you know what i mean you're not in the dark about nothing when it comes to things like that because that's heavy we was all affected by it and um and another thing too my sisters always they always tell me like what a good stepdad he was see i was this type of kid my dad was everything to me and it wasn't and then after everything happened it wasn't because I didn't want my mom to be happy. It wasn't because none of that. I just want people to understand that my dad was my hero and he was everything to me. Anything other than that, 
it wasn't going to suffice for me. Like, you know what I mean? So, and it was crazy because this is before I knew anything about a Zodiac. This is before I knew anything about Leos or whatever the case may be. But I gravitated to the movie The Lion King, which came out exactly that year. In July of that year, my dad passed in February of 94. The movie drops in July. And I had an instant connection to Mufasa and Simba. Hence, Lionhearted. It's Lion King is my favorite movie. You can ask anybody that really know me. That's is something. And just recently, my sister told me that was one of her top movies, you know? Shout out to my sister Pinky, who is my sister, you know, my dad's daughter. We're all, that's my mom's daughter too, but that's my sister from my dad's side. My my two older sisters are my sister from my mom's side. And I'm the baby on both sides. And so I kind of, during that time, not only did I use Lion King, my other favorite movie, which came out a, a little bit, a year prior almost to that, was Menace to Society. And I will watch The Lion King. I will watch Menace to Society. I will watch the copy of my dad's uh, funeral tape that we recorded at the time. I will watch those three weeks. This back in the 90s, like I told you, VCRs was cracking. I will watch those movies on repeat over and over and over and over again. Now that I look back on it, I could say that was therapeutic for me. I was I was I was using those two movies to kind of direct me and guide me. What what what's gonna be my fork in the road? Am I gonna be the leader that Simba became? even with the guilt that he felt. And I felt that too, because I'm like, man, the one day that I wasn't with my dad, when I was always with my dad, the one day I wasn't with my dad, y'all take my dad from me? Like, a lot of people don't know, I held on to that for a long time. And and I know it's not my fault, but as a kid, like, that's what you correlated to. The one time I wasn't there, he was in that place or in that situation. Maybe if I was there, we wouldn't have been over there. Like, those are questions I wrestle with. So so I had that correlation to the movie. But then there was that other side of me that was like, I can't stand y'all. I don't like y'all. I hate y'all. Like, I want to find out who y'all is. That was, that was that, like I said, that menace to society, that Kane side. But the thing about that movie is the ending of the movie. It always reflected to me. Simba became the king at the end of his movie. We saw, we know, if you know Menace, you know how Menace ends. Kane don't get to live to, to see past the age of 18. So that was like a wake-up call for me. I can end up like Simba or I can end up like Kane. They both, I'm wrestling with both as I'm growing up. Because 
I want to become the leader that I am. I want to become the leader that I know my dad would be proud of. But then there's this this other side. Like, I, I want y'all to feel like I feel. Like, you know what I mean? And it wasn't until I was about 15 where I finally, like, <coughs> excuse me. Excuse me, y'all. It wasn't until I was about 15 where I finally, like, was able to release and be like, okay, God, I understand. My job is to push forward. It's not to look back. You know what I mean? Like, it's not It's not going to fix how I felt as a child. All I can do is be, you know what I mean, be as great as him and even be greater in some areas and carry the torch that way. So that's what I decided to do. I was already into sports. Baseball was my first sport. But then I always remember. So when I got old enough, I'm like, I'm going to give basketball a try. And at this time, it was taboo. It wasn't as accepted as it is now. Because for those that don't know, that may be a first-time listener, I was born prematurely. I was born with cerebral palsy. And it's funny because on my mom's birthday, we was enjoying dinner and for her birthday and she was just she ended up going into an old story about me and my dad when I was younger because I used to be on a walker when I was younger and like my she said my dad never used to want to take it and so her as a mom she kind of like you know like what you embarrassed by your son like nah it's just like I'll be jumping out I'll be moving shaking like going here and there I really just carry him like you know what I mean I really, I'm gonna take him with me that's my guy but so that always made me feel good. Like, no matter what, he he wanted me with him. And um, he put the ball in my hand even when that was the case. I couldn't even walk on my own. And he put the ball in my hand, and I never, I never forgot that. And then I, throughout the years, I heard from, like, Older cousins that I got that was around at the time. My cousin, uh, Jay Bird. What's up, Jay? Uh, he hooped as a youngster with my dad, and he would he always be telling me stories. And then, like, as I got older, I start, I would go to the park with him and, and you know, shoot around and stuff, and he would always just tell me different stories. Like, when I was a kid, your dad used to come get me, and we'd be playing at the park and different things like that. So it was it was cool in that aspect. So... Then I fell in love with the game. I fell, I entrenched myself in the game, and because it was, I loved the game of basketball. But then it was like it was creating and keeping up, keeping up with the bond with my dad. Like that's why I love the game of basketball so much because it, it's a it's a a positive correlation connection between me and my dad. And um. And I always joke around. I'm like, I tell my mom because, believe it or not, if you look at my baby pictures, I look like my mom. Then as I get older, I start looking. I'm my dad's twin. And then it's like, so I just figured out, like, yo, when I start gaining my weight, my cheeks fill out. I'm my mama's twin. But then when I slim out, thin out, I look like my dad again. Like, it's just like, it's like one of those things. And... Uh, and another thing I had to do when I was young, and, and it came at the right time, I uh, I lost my dad, and 
we moved to the neighborhood that I grew up in and and it's crazy because life I guess we're just at an age now where this is just what we're gonna deal with loved ones people that we love passing on that's just the divine order but um if it wasn't for the friends that I've developed, the brotherhoods that I have, I've been blessed to have the same people in my life for over 30 years for the majority. Like, you know what I mean? And like, we all got our own things going on, but we try to keep in touch. And then I remember, uh, my homeboy Chuck, he told me, uh, it was like, you was always the glue. He was in it. Uh, he told me one day and, he was like, I don't know. He was like, even back then, like, you had, like, a a fatherly presence about yourself. Because he just told me randomly, when he's like, whenever you do have kids, bro, he's like, you're going to be a good dad. It's just in you. He was like, it's just in you to the, I was like, you just always had. And I didn't expect him to say this. I just kind of was like, whoa. I was taken aback by it because you don't expect it. Like, and, but it meant a lot to me because it's like, oh, shit. That's dope. But like his dad, Big Chuck, rest in peace. He was a, a big part of my life. He was a father figure after my dad died. Um, uh, Baba Brahane, uh, I talk about him a lot. My brother Mikey, brother Cyrus, Chris, Mo, the whole family, uh, Isaac, watching you at the store, Tata, Simar, like, all these, the hustler spirit, uh, Big Chris, and it, uh, it's crazy because I was telling my brother Charles, I was like, oh, now that our dads has, has both passed on and they knew each other when they was coming up and they was young, I said, now they can sit back and look at us and look at the bond we have. You know what I mean? Through, through these tough times and through this pain, like, we locked in like this. You know what I mean? And we blessed to still have. Uh, Big Ace, you know what I mean, who's also another father figure, you know what I mean, still on this earth, Pops, love you, Um, but uh, the one that I got to give a shout out to, me growing up, that helped me become the man that I am, from the time I was a kid to the time my dad left, even before, but really, since the day my dad left, since we buried my dad, was my barber for over 30 years, my uncle, my uncle Foots. Like, as people, we wonder. Like, we have kids, our best friends. They all auntie, uncle, when you right here. But it's when you leave, are they still going to stand the test of time? Are they still going to stand tall? And I, I'm so thankful for that man because he taught me a lot. Even to the point when it came to talking about girls. Like, boy, let me teach you how to get them bumps off your face. Say less. Like, you know what I mean? He had those, and it was raw and it was real because he know. He knew my dad, and he knows those are, that's how the conversations would go if my dad was blessed to be here. And uh, lost him last year, which was tough. But again, he can sit up there with my dad and be like, I had a big hand in that. Yeah, you had him, but I raised him type thing. You know what I mean? I can imagine those type of conversations. But 
as a true friend, he stood, he stood on that. Like, you know what I mean? He kept his word and, and like I was saying with the people I just named, I've gained a brotherhood that can be unimaginable. And as a man, all you will want, like if you leave here and you have children, Obviously, my mom has raised me and my sisters right. Uh, my sister's mom, shout out to Porky, Pinky, like they're raised right. I mean, even though we don't have a direct relationship, you, I can tell from a distance that even my brothers was raised right by their mom. Like you know, and so my dad can literally rest in peace knowing that he had a dope wife. He got some dope baby mamas that did right by his kids. Because I'm going to just be honest with y'all, it's scary nowadays. Because you don't know how they're going to act when you are no longer here. But yeah, that's, so that was just, you know what I mean, the bond of how I, that that was part of my upbringing. Like when I was a kid and that's how I kind of, it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't until I was about 15 where I finally was like, you never really move on from it, but I began to accept it. But yeah, so that was just, you know, how my upbringing came about and how, how I was affected by the situation. All right, so next I'm going to talk about uh, just me as an adult, me as today, and becoming the man that I know my dad will be proud of. So stick with me and I'll be right back. Brother, you're a consistent listener or a brand new listener take the time out and hit that follow button on whichever platform you're currently enjoying lionhearted podcast again lionhearted podcast is available on the spotify app apple podcast pandora radio iheart radio as well as the stitcher app episodes come at you every wednesday at 9 a.m unless specified so make sure you hit that follow button to stay lionhearted Okay, so next, like I said, I'm going to talk about just me as a man today on everything I got going on. Like, from both of my parents, I could tell that I got that hustler spirit. Um, That's why I grind so hard. That's why I work so hard. You know, to honor both of them. And and I just want to be, like I said, I get to hear that I'm proud of you from my mom all the time. But it's that one voice that I'll never get to hear. And that's my dad. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty sure he said it to me when I was younger, but that's just not a memory that I have. One of the few that I don't have. And there was an article that I was reading and and they did an interview with my mom um, after my dad's passing. And she let him know that, I did start walking right before he passed away. So knowing that, that does my heart some good. And I know he would be prouder of the man I am today. Like the way that I get up and I'm so consistent with recording my podcast and how I'm trying to like build. I'm trying to build so 
the generations after me, they have it a little bit easier than I did. Like, you know what I mean? I, there was, there was a point in me where it was like, you know how that procrastination sets in and every time I start to do that, I just remember, like, I know my why. I know why I'm doing this. And even though that I can't see it, I can always feel it. I can feel that presence. Shout out to Tangi because she always reminds me, like, you may not be able to see it, but I know you. And I know you feel when you feel the positive presence. And I was just uh, talking about this uh, with my sister. It was uh, her birthday last year. We was, uh, and it's basically any time we was together, but any time we're together, like, it's that energy that we get around each other, like, or we'll say something. Because, like, she three months, or three years, excuse me, three years older than me, but I always call her my twin because that spirit of my dad. Like, we'll say something, and uh, and we'll already know. Like, if don't nobody else in the room know what we talking about, we know. It's like a connection we got, and we know where it come from. We always say that, oh, we know where that come from. We'll say something. It was like, we know where that come from all the time. And that's dope. Like, you know what I mean? It, there's... And I know they say, like, if you have conversations with loved ones that have passed on, they can still hear you. But I just feel like I I used to feel like, rather I should say, that, man, I used to ask myself, why I don't dream about my dad? Why I don't, like, I miss my dad. Like, how come he don't come see me in my dreams? I used to ask these things as a kid. But now that I'm a grown man, it happens so frequently now. And I'm so thankful for it because it's like you you was okay as a kid. Your mom raised you to a point where it didn't really have that impact on you yet. But now that you're a grown man, it's certain things. Like they say, like when a man is a kid, he can be held by his mom, but when he gets to be a certain age, he has to be raised and guided by his dad. And I feel like the spirit of my dad has done that as I've gotten up in age. And just like the respect level I had. My mom put it in me, but it's just like it's something that I carry because, of course, I want to make my mom proud. But then it's like as good as they talk about my dad still to this day. I want them to talk about me in that same way. So that's how I carry myself. Like, I was thinking about this just the other day, and I'm like, man, even, you know, even relationship-wise, I know through my sisters that my dad was a good stepfather. So whenever I interact with a female that got kids or, or date a female that got kids, it's... It's not a thing for me. It's like, all right, that's what comes with the package. Because one thing I do know, hearing it from my sisters, kids always remember how they was treated. 
And I even think back even further, I'd be like, man, we sit here and trip out like over age, like age being a thing. I'm like, yo, if you tally us all together, by the age of 27 years old, my dad was married and he had six kids, four biological, including myself and two stepchildren at the age of 27. We, some of us is in our mid-30s, and we still can't figure it out. So that's what I let guide me today. And that's why I put so much into every episode that I do with the podcast or with the T-shirts. That's why I'm so punctual when it comes to my time. and. And one thing I was always told that when my dad said he was going to do something, he always did what he said he was going to do. So I'm real big on that today. Like if I, if something, if you hear me say I'm going to do something, I'm going to get it done. And if for whatever reason I can't, I will communicate that and we can revisit it at a different time. But. For the majority, I'm always figure out a way. And that's just how that's just how I'm wired. And I tell people all the time, you know how they say everybody got two sides to them, right? I say I got three. I got there's Tremaine, who is my parents' baby. Then there's Mac Main. I mean, I know if you know me, you you didn't experience or you didn't heard about that. But then there's that other side, that last side. That's that's that little Maddie in me. Like I am the living, breathing, living, breathing embodiment of my dad. And you want to know the craziest part? I'm not even a junior. But I always joke with my mom. I'm like, they don't even know that's not my name. Most, most majority, I'm like, mom, do they know that's not my name? Boy, they know your name. But none of the OGs, they rarely call me by my name. It's just always Lil Maddie because that's the name I was blessed with. And I carry myself like that. As does my sister. We always have we always have those conversations like we already know the legacy that we gotta live up to. You know what I mean? In our own way, on our own paths, but that's the one person that can always uh get me back in the right mind frame is my sister because she she is a part of me that I have to hold on to and cherish. Like I love all my sisters. My older sisters, we have my mom. And my mom, thank God, is still with us. But my dad, he not with us no more. My grandma not with us no more. So my sister is the only thing and my uncle like that I really and more so my sister that I really hold on to. Cause that connection that I have, that I get to keep with my dad as I move through life. And I know I'm going to also do that 
once I have kids of my own, once I have a family of my own, to just draw back on those life lessons. I tell people all the time, your first classroom had a desk, pencil, paper. My first classroom was a 6'5", cherry red, Chevy Impala. With the white interior. Like, those is how I learned my early life lessons is being with my dad and watching him move and watching, you know, how he handled things and the respect that he garnered in the city. And I want to be that and more as I move through life. And that has always been my passion, my motivation. So, in honor of my grandmother, Edna Mae Thomas, in honor of my father, Matt Larkin, we hit a year, but this is only the beginning. It don't stop here. This is just another stepping stone. A speed bump to a stepping stone. You know what I mean? When you, the only time you look back is to use it as motivation to prepare you forward. So that's what we're going to do, continue to do. I'm going to keep dropping dope episodes. My listeners is always going to support me. The ones that really rock with me, the ones I appreciate, you know who you are. If you're still wondering, it's probably not you. And if you're a new listener, I appreciate you for coming on this journey with me. And I promise to not disappoint. Because, yeah, I do it for me. It's a form of therapy. But I do it for y'all, too. And I want you to always remember, just because their vision is blurry, that doesn't diminish your greatness. Until next time. Stay lion-hearted. Lion-Hearted Podcast.